To begin our message, I want to ask you, what comes to mind when you hear the word family? What comes to mind when you hear the word family? For some of us, you might even like to close your eyes and just kind of picture that. For some of us, we might uh, see memories of key family gatherings, times when we've gotten together for birthdays or for Christmas or for weddings, uh, special occasions and being able to gather together. We might have some special memories of that. Uh, For some of us, what we might picture is some memories that we know are photos that we've got around the place. And when we think about family, we instantly think about those photos that we've got hanging up at home or on our phone or on our computer somewhere. For some of us, that might be what comes to mind. We recognise that for some of us, when we hear the word family, it might not conjure up good memories at all. It may actually conjure up very, very painful memories or hurtful memories or frustrating memories for some of us too. The reality is that all of us crave this thing called family. It's really baked into the core of who we are as people. And it's why when things go wrong in families, it hurts so much and it causes so much pain to us because we know that we're supposed to have family around us. We believe that that is a part of what God has wired us and created us for. We talked about this a bit last week. The reality that before the creation of the world, God made a decision to say that he wanted to adopt us into his family. That's what his plan always was for us, for us to be able to live in a full, complete relationship with him and with each other. And so today, as we continue the series, where we're talking about the most important things for us to focus on as we begin this new chapter together, we want to unpack a little bit about what spiritual family is all about. And so you have your teaching notes inside of the newsletter. You can feel free uh, to grab those and jot things down as we go through today's message. And if you've got your Bible with you, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 4, because that's where we're going to go in a couple of minutes. This metaphor of family is a metaphor that Paul uses throughout the book of Ephesians. And hopefully you have been doing our reading plan over the last few weeks and spending some time really digging into that to see some of the key things that do hold us together as a church. And you might have seen that over and over again, Paul seems to come back to this metaphor of family. In Ephesians 1 verse 5, one of the verses that we looked at last week, Paul writes, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles, non-Jewish people, into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Then a couple of verses later in verse 19, he says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And then in Ephesians 3 verse 6, Paul writes, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. So over and over again, Paul comes back to this metaphor. It's one of the ones that he uses a lot uh, throughout Scripture to help us understand this is what God's plan is for us in the church. And so Paul then says in Ephesians 4 verses 3 to 6 that as we focus on being family, that's what helps to unite us together. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all, in all and living through all. As we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks, we are family because of Jesus. 
We are united together because of Jesus and because of what he has done for us. And so Paul's encouragement to us is to make every effort that we can to preserve that unity, to focus on those things that hold us together and unite us together, to keep our eyes on Jesus as the one who enables us to be able to call each other family. But as I said at the beginning, I want to acknowledge that it is a bit of a challenge for us to choose to use that word, particularly in our culture today. We know that there are lots and lots of people who have broken experiences or challenging experiences of family. And so we have to make a choice as a church. Do we say that's too painful and too hard for us to do anything with? And so we choose to use other words. But for us, we've made a decision to say, no, we think there's something really significant and special about it. And so we want to hold on to it. We want to redeem it. We want to be able to help people to understand this is what it's supposed to be and to be able to focus on it together. Because whether we have fond memories of family, whether we have a whole bunch of different things in our minds that remind us of family and bring us back to that, or whether we have a difficult and painful experience of family, all of us know what family is supposed to be. Those memories that are so meaningful to us are meaningful because there are some of those memories where we say, yes, this is the way that things are supposed to be. I remember those moments where we've gathered together and I just knew that was right. That's what God has always wanted for us. And for those of us who have difficult memories of family, the opposite is true. To be able to say, we know that that's not the way that it's supposed to be. That brokenness that we experience, the pain that we experience, reminds us of just how important family is to us. All of us yearn for that sense of being connected, that deep sense of relationship with each other, a place that we can call home, a place that we can belong, a place that we can call family. And so for us, we have chosen to emphasise this as one of the key things about who we are as a church. Last week, we talked about the importance of being Jesus-centred, that everything that we do ultimately comes back to him. But in terms of the environment that we're trying to create, we use this term spiritual family to describe what we're focused on and passionate about. And to help us understand what that looks like more, we use four key words to explain that. Accepting, authentic, encouraging and supportive. In a healthy family, you're accepted for who you are, not for what you do, not because of the decisions that you make or anything else that goes on. You're accepted because you're a part of the family. And so you have a sense of belonging and know that you belong, a sense of home, that sense of unconditional love that comes from a healthy sense of family. That's what we want people to experience in our church family is that sense of acceptance, that sense of belonging, that sense of knowing that it's not about what you do, it's not about where you've come from. You belong because you're a part of our church family. Part of the reason why that can happen is because we allow ourselves to be authentic. It's relatively easy for us to kind of put on facades and put on masks, not the literal masks that you're all wearing, but the masks that hide a little bit of who we are and to kind of pretend that everything's fine when it's not. But in a healthy family, you know that you can be real and genuine and honest. You can take your mask off and you can just be yourself. That's the experience that we want people to have as a part of our spiritual family, is that you don't have to show up here and pretend to put on an act and pretend everything's fine when you're going through difficult times. We can be real, honest, authentic with each other. But this also has implications about the ways in which we deal with challenges that we face together. Because in a healthy family, you talk through conflict that you have, you talk through the issues that you might be facing, you work through them, and then you come out the other side of that. 
You don't brush things under the carpet. And as a spiritual family, that's what we want to do too. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. And so when we experience issues, we want to talk about those things. We want to believe the best about each other and find our way forward to being able to move forward together with a sense of unity. That's a part of being authentic and real with each other too. Encouragement. We generally think about encouragement as people saying nice things to one another. So I really appreciate you because you did this thing or I really appreciate you because of these reasons. And that is a part of encouragement. But the word encouragement is actually about giving courage to other people. And part of how that happens is that we say nice things to each other, but we also can challenge each other to be the best that we can be. We can challenge each other to take courageous next steps in our walk with Jesus. That's a part of what encouragement is as well. And so as a church family, that's the environment that we want to create, a place where people are encouraged, where they are thanked for the things that they do, embraced for the things that they do, but also that sense of being able to come alongside of each other and cheer each other on so that we can take our next steps as Jesus leads us forward. And then being supportive. In a healthy family, you know that it's a place where you can celebrate the good things that happen, but also a place where you've got shoulders to be able to cry on, people who will wrap their arms around you when you're going through a difficult time. And as a church family, that's what we want to be true as well, that when we've got things to celebrate, we can celebrate them together. When we're going through difficult times, that we know we've got people who will wrap their arms around us and care for us together. So when we talk about spiritual family, that's what we're focused on, creating an environment where we're accepting, welcoming, finding a place for people to be able to belong, where we are authentic, real and genuine and honest being able to find a place where we're encouraged to be the best that we can be and supported no matter what it is that we're going through. But it's also important to name a couple of things that spiritual family is not. So spiritual family is not perfect. These are the things that we aspire to. Our hope is that we can continue to grow in what it looks like to live these things out, but we're human and so we make mistakes. We mess up. We don't get this right 100% of the time. So we want to name that up front so we don't set unrealistic expectations of what environment we're trying to create. We're not perfect, but this is what we're trying to work towards. We also want to recognise that spiritual family is not about being best friends with everyone. If you're a part of a large extended family or if you've got a large extended network of friends, you know that there are some people you just resonate better with. You've got shared interests, shared passions, you just have shared personalities, get on very, very well with some people and other people not quite the same. But you're still family, you still belong together. And in a group that's the size that we are, that's going to be true of us as well. There are some people that we're just going to resonate with and feel close to, and that's great. And there's other people who are a part of our spiritual family that we might not know as well. That's perfectly fine, but we want to name that up front. So for me, this is the sort of church that I want to be a part of. Not just the sort of church that I want to lead, but the sort of church family that I want to be a part of. I want to be in a place where I know that I'm accepted, where I have a sense of feeling like I belong, a place where I can be real, where I can be honest, where I can be transparent about what's going, through, going on in my life and working through those things, a place where I feel a sense of encouragement from other people, a place where I feel supported. And my suspicion is that for most of us who are sitting here today, that's what we're yearning for as well. That's what our hopes and dreams are for us as a church family. But the challenge for us is to recognise that's not just something that's true of the people who are sitting in this room. All of the people who live around us, in the neighbourhoods around us, also 
crave this. But the sad reality is that a lot of them don't have any of this in their lives. A lot of people don't have a place where they feel like they're accepted, don't have a place where they feel like they belong, don't have a place where they feel like they can be authentic and real and genuine, don't have people who are cheering them on and encouraging them, and don't have a place to turn when their world falls apart. We've got this incredible gift as a church family that we can offer to the people around us. It's one of the key things that we can talk about with people who are wondering about why we're involved in church, is that we can talk about these things and say, well, part of the reason why I belong to a church is because I get to experience these things. And I would love you to have the opportunity to come in and find out more about that and experience that as well. But this metaphor of family is also very helpful to understand a little bit about what we're trying to do when we gather together. Because when we think about a family gathering, we think about getting together with our extended family, so Christmas is coming up, people are starting to plan what Christmas events are going to look like, we recognise this sense of being able to gather together. And for a lot of us, that'll be gathering together around a dinner table, which is a really helpful metaphor for us to think about what our times of gathering together are like as well. Now, obviously, there's too many of us to practically sit around a table together, but that's the type of environment that we're trying to create where we get together, we catch up, we hear what's happening in each other's lives, we encourage each other, we do some things together. But ultimately, we also want to remind ourselves, as we're going to in a few minutes, that we gather around a dinner table, Jesus' dinner table. When we gather around the communion table, part of the reason we gather together is because we're invited to his table. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But it's also a helpful metaphor because it reminds us that we can have hard conversations as a spiritual family. So in a healthy family, you can sit around the dinner table and you can have hard conversations about difficult things. One example of that might be to talk about finances. So in a healthy family, you can talk about your budget and where you're at with money and where things are getting a bit tight or we're planning this trip and we want to start budgeting towards that and saving for it. You can have really open conversations about that. And as a church family, we want to have that same mindset. Finances shouldn't be something that we feel awkward or weird about talking about. It's a family conversation. And so uh, that's part of the reason that we publish what our offering was for last week on the back of the newsletter each week and in our e-news that goes out. And in a few weeks' time, we're going to talk to you about our budget for next year. We're doing some work on that. Our board will come up with a proposal next Monday night about what that looks like, and we'll bring that to you. And that for us is a family conversation where we get to talk about why, how we spend our money, why we spend our money on the things that we do, and what our goals are for ourselves as we head into next year. So we'll get to that in a few weeks. But in a healthy family, there's also this beautiful metaphor of helping out with the chores. And being able to recognise it's not just one person's responsibility to do something for everybody else, but we all work together in a healthy family to chip in. And it's also helpful to think about, if we invited you over to our house as a guest then we would tidy everything up. We would clean thoroughly before you came so that everything looked nice and neat and spick and span and we would want to cook and have everything for you. If you offered to bring anything, we'd say, no, it's fine, we've got it, it's all covered. And uh, then we would look after you while you were there. And then if you offered to try and help with the dishes afterwards, we'd say, no, no, it's fine, we're happy to do all the clean-up, it's all good, you would be there as our guest. We'd be perfectly happy with all of that. Now, that might happen a couple of times, but if we keep doing that, you'll start to feel a bit weird Because you're kind of coming in, but you just feel this sense of separation because you're just constantly a guest. And you would probably start pushing us and say, no, no, let us bring some dessert. Let us bring some drinks. Let us help out with some of what we're going to do. 
and you would probably start to demand that you want to help out with the cleanup, at least be able to take some things into the kitchen so that it's not all on us. If we continued to get to know each other even better, we'd get to this point where ultimately we would stop cleaning up when you came over and you would experience what our house really looks like. And we would say, just move that out the way, jack it on the floor, (laughs) just get it out the way, wherever, it doesn't really matter. We would tell you, you know where the glasses are, help yourself to a drink whenever you want to. And yes, we would get together and we would do the dishes together and that would be a part of us being together. And you would then have a sense of ownership of our place and our family. You would feel like you belong. That's a key part of the journey that we want people to go on as a part of our church family. That when people are new to our church, we want them to feel like guests. That's completely appropriate because don't know where everything is, don't know where all the glasses are yet. We want to say you're guests. It's totally fine. But if you continue to just come as a guest, there's this separation that starts to kick in a little bit. And we want people to be able to go on this journey of embracing being family together and chipping in to help out with the things that we do. Because a part of what happens is that our ownership shifts significantly. We move from that church that I go to, to my church family, which is a very different mindset. That church that I go to or attend compared to my church family where I have a sense of ownership of the things that we're doing together. So there's so much richness that's attached to this word family that we feel like it's important for us to hold on to and to emphasise. That's what we're striving to be like as a church, a spiritual family that focuses on all of those things together. But it's even more encouraging for us because when we work together, when we play the roles that we've got to play, it's not just about us getting stuff done. It's not just about doing the chores because they need to be done. When we work together, we have the opportunity to live out what it means to be church. And this is the other thing that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 11, he writes, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The message puts it this way. Jesus handed out gifts to train Christ followers in skilled servant work working within Christ's body, the church, until we're moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. When we think about the purpose of family, a big part of the reason that family exists is so that people can grow to maturity. And again, a lot of the things that we do as families is not just because stuff has to get done. We're trying to create an environment where kids can grow up into mature adults. We're very much on that journey. Josh is now 18, Rachel's 16. And so, Josh, we've done some stuff to help transition him, to help him understand that he's moving into becoming an adult. And that's a big part of it. And for Rachel as well, she's on that journey too. That's, as family, what our focus is. How do we help people to grow to maturity? And for us as a church, that's our focus as well. That's why we're here, to help each other grow to maturity, to become more and more like Jesus. So when we work together and when we play the roles that God's got for us to play, it's not just about getting stuff done. It's the opportunity for us to work together so we create an environment for people to be able to grow into what God created them to be. But the challenge that Paul comes back to frequently 
is that that requires all of us to participate in that. It's not just on the leaders of the church. It's not just up to Phil and I. It's not just up to our board. It's not just up to our key leaders to be the ones who do everything for everyone else. Our role, in fact, is to equip and train each of you to be able to play the role that God's got for you to play so that as a spiritual family, we can do all of the things that God wants us to be able to do. So before we wrap up our message and take a bit of time to reflect and then transition across to Jesus' dinner table, I want to just give you a couple of opportunities to think about some of the ways in which you can get involved if that's something that's helpful to you. Today we're going to talk about some of the opportunities to get involved in the things that we do here as a church family together. Next week when we talk about seeing lives change, we're going to talk about some of our programs that reach out into the community and the opportunities that are involved there. Now, I want to mention again that we've got our surveys that uh, we have received quite a few back, which is really, really great, uh, but we're still looking for lots of those surveys to come back. And so on the back of those surveys is an opportunity for you to indicate some of the areas that you might like to get involved in. That's a part of this process. And so hopefully more people have brought those back. There are some spare ones next to the box at the back. So if you've lost your survey or you keep forgetting about it, feel free to fill one of those out today uh, because that also helps us with our data in terms of getting ready to produce a uh, directory, which we're going to do soon. So if you can do that, that'd be great as well. But here's a few options about some places that you might like to think about getting involved. Sundays, obviously we have a lot of people who are involved in helping Sundays uh, to happen. So we have our awesome hospitality team who come in and set things up for us. They set up our morning tea, uh, they get communion ready for us, the people who serve communion to us, and they're the team that also helps out with their morning teas afterwards. And so if you are someone who's passionate about hospitality, that might be something that you feel like might be something that you want to explore. We have our greeters that meet you at the door, welcome you, smiling face, help to check you in, answer any questions that you might have. So that might be something that you're interested in. We have our tech crew at the back who uh, have this really, really challenging job that when they get everything right, we actually forget that they're there. It's only when things go wrong that we realise, ah, there's a tech team and we look over there. So they are the ones who help us to see things properly, uh, what comes up on the screen to be able to hear properly. And so if you're interested in a more behind the scenes uh, type of role, then that's something that you can let us know about. We have God's Gang, our awesome kids that we invest in week in and week out, uh, helping them to be able to grow to maturity. And so that might be something that you're interested in. And then we have our upfront people, so the people who lead our services, lead communion, lead our prayer times. And so if that's something that you're interested in, you can let us know about that too. But it's a beautiful picture of how many people it requires for us to do what we do when we get together. And it's not just one or two people's responsibility. We have a huge team every week that helps us to do the things that we do, which is really, really fantastic. One of the other areas that you might be interested in getting involved in is our pastoral care team. So this is a key part of what Phil's role is going to be about, where we want to equip and train a group of people who are passionate about reaching out to the people who need pastoral care in our church family. And in particular, the people who are shut-ins and the people who are in aged care, but the people who aren't able to make it on a regular basis, we would love to be able to raise up a team of people who are passionate about connecting with people. And so part of what Phil's working on is some training that's going to be able to help you to get up to speed on that. So if you're interested in that, you can let us know and uh, we'll let you know as we get ready to launch that in a few weeks' time. I also want to recognise that for some of us, we're not at a stage of life where we're able to contribute in a specific way because of health issues or because of challenges that we're facing or stuff that's going on. And so one of the roles that I want to encourage you to think about is being an intentional prayer. 
because your prayer makes a huge difference to who we are as a church. And so being someone who prays on a regular basis, who comes along to our Wednesday morning prayer meeting, our conversational prayer meeting, we've got the opportunity to meet with other people and to spend some time praying for our church, family, the things that are happening around the place. Being able to involve, uh, be involved in our prayer week next week that I talked about a little bit earlier on. And also uh, we each month create a prayer calendar. Uh, I will admit that I forgot to do it last week, so we missed the first week of the month, so my apologies for that, but we now have the rest of the month mapped out, so that's inside of your newsletter. And we encourage you at least to take some time each week to be able to pray about some of the key things that are happening for us as a church. But that behind-the-scenes role of being able to pray for what's going on and to sense what God's doing is crucial, and so we want to encourage you to think about that possibly being one of the roles that you play too. We also have our connect groups and our Bible study that get together throughout the week. And these are really, really important to commit to as well because these are opportunities for us to live out what spiritual family looks like in even more specific ways. So in our smaller groups, we have an even greater opportunity to feel a sense of acceptance and belonging. It's far easier for us to be authentic with a smaller group of people that we know very well rather than a big group of people that we connect with on a Sunday. That sense of encouragement for one another can come through small groups and certainly that point of support and knowing what's happening in each other's lives can happen a lot better through connect groups and our Bible study. And so that's something that we encourage you to think about getting involved in as well. If you want to find out more about our connect groups, you can chat with me. If you want to find out more about our Thursday morning Bible study, you can have a chat with Phil. Uh, But that's another way of us being able to commit to work together as we commit to those to be able to journey as spiritual family. The challenge with all of this is that we only get to experience it if each one of us make a decision to commit to it. Because it's relatively easy for us to say, that sounds really amazing. I would love to be a part of a church like that. I would love it if everyone was accepting and helped people to feel like they belong. I would love it if people were authentic with each other. I would love it if people would encourage one another and support each other. I would love it if everyone was playing roles so that we're not all just kind of having a small group of people who are doing a lot for everyone else. That sounds really, really amazing. I hope everyone else does that. Because the challenge is, if we all say that, none of it will happen whatsoever. It requires all of us to buy into this and to say we're committed to helping us be the best version of spiritual family. All of us have the opportunity to commit to this. And so for our reflection today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to think about what that looks like. And to do that, we're going to talk about jigsaw puzzles. And so my fabulous helpers here are now going to bring around, you can take a piece of jigsaw puzzle and you can hold on to that as we have our reflection time together. So when you think about a jigsaw, it requires all sorts of different pieces, all sorts of different shapes and sizes that are all sorts of different colours, but all of those pieces are required in order to fill out the picture that is the, the jigsaw. And that's true for us as a church family as well. Each of us are shaped in different ways, but we all need to play our role in order for us to fill out the picture of family that God has got for us. So what I want to encourage you to have a think about and to reflect on with your puzzle piece is what is my piece of our spiritual family puzzle? What is my piece of our spiritual family puzzle? It may be that you want to think about one of those four characteristics of being spiritual family. What does it look like for you to help us to be more accepting, to help create an environment where people belong? It might be about authenticity, 
What does it look like for me to choose to be authentic in my interactions with other people? It might be about encouragement, to make a commitment to say each week, I'm going to intentionally try and connect with someone else and just say thank you for what it is that they do or to encourage them in their journey. Or it might be about being supportive, to recognise someone's going through a difficult time and to just reach out to them, send them a message, give them a call, send them a card, say, hey, I'm thinking of you as you go through what you're going through. For some of us, it might be about getting involved in one of the different areas that I talked about. And for some of us, it might be about that language shift, shifting from this being that church that I go to, to seeing this as my church family and knowing that we've got some work to do in thinking about the way in which we approach what we do when we gather together. I want to give you a couple of moments to be able to think about that. Hold on to your puzzle piece. You can jot some thoughts down on your piece of paper. You can talk to the person next to you. But as we begin this new chapter together, as we move forward together, what's your piece of the puzzle that's going to help us to be the best version of spiritual family? Take some time to reflect. We'll come back and pray and transition across to communion. you head into this week, I want to encourage you to keep that puzzle piece somewhere where you're going to see it. You might like to stick it up on your fridge or stick it up on your bathroom mirror or keep it in your wallet or your purse or uh, put it on the dashboard of your car. Uh, But throughout this week, just to keep reminding yourself, first of all, that you are a part of a spiritual family here at Brooklyn Park, but also to be able to continue to reflect on what the piece is that God's got for you to play within our spiritual family. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we are family because of you. It's not up to us to try and earn our way into your spiritual family, to try and do enough so that we can somehow feel like we're accepted. It's a true statement that we are family because of you. 
regardless of the background that we come from, regardless of our history and our past, we're united as family because of you. We're so grateful for that and we're so grateful for Paul who was able to so clearly articulate that for us. We recognise that family is a word that is a very loaded word in lots of ways. For some of us, it does have this real sense of meaning and it helps us to be able to understand what you're looking for in the church. But we also recognise that for others of us, it's a really painful word that has some really hard memories attached to it. And so we pray that you would help it to be something that is redeemed. As people think about what it is that they're missing from those experiences of brokenness and the challenges that they've gone through in their families, we pray that this might be a place where they can experience healing, where they can experience release from some of the issues that they've experienced in their biological families and that will enable them to be able to feel even greater part of this spiritual family here at Brooklyn Park. We thank you within that that each of us have a role to play that each of us are shaped differently with unique strengths and passions and gifts to be able to play the role that you've got for us and that your call to us is to be able to work together as the church so that we can do what you've got for us to do. We thank you that our puzzle is incomplete when each of us just kind of go off and do our own thing. And we pray that you would continue to unite us together and to find our ways of fitting together so that we can create an environment where people have the greatest chance of being able to grow to maturity in you, Jesus, to experience what it is that you're calling them to do. And we pray that you would give us opportunities to give others the chance to experience this too. We know that there are so many people around us who just are missing out on the opportunity to experience family as we've talked about it today. And their lives are really, really hard because of that. And so we pray that you would open our eyes to that. Help us to see the people and the opportunities that we've got to have conversations about why spiritual family is meaningful and important to us and to be able to share that with people as they start to understand a bit more about why church is meaningful for us as we centre ourselves on you, Jesus. So we thank you for this new church family that has been created through this chapter. We're excited about the journey that you've got us on and we look forward to where it is that you're going to lead us in the days and weeks ahead. In your name we pray. Amen.